Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday, November the 18th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. You're listening to Law and Gospel. And with me on the line is my good friend and co-host, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. I'm glad we're still friends. Oh, I'm glad we're still living. (laughs) Uh, Well, according to what we're covering why you say friends? Because you said we're good friends. Oh, okay. I didn't say you were the best friend. <laughs> I'm just good, okay? You're just good. Who's your best friend? My wife. Yes. Me too. Yeah. After Jesus. But, well, after Jesus, yeah. Well, Well, this coming Sunday is, of course, the last Sunday of the church year. So what a time that you found something that I was unaware of. Since the beginning of Christianity, people have been trying to tell us when the last day is coming. And it even occurred way back in 992 and the year 1000, possibly, In 992, Good Friday coincided with the Feast of the Annunciation. And this has long been believed to be the event that would bring forth the Antichrist and thus the end times within three years. So people in 992, some Christians believe the end of the world would come in 995. In the year 1000, Pope Sylvester II and others, according to several sources, predicted the date as a millennium. You know, it was going to come to 1,000. As a result, riots are said to have occurred in Europe and pilgrims headed east to Jerusalem. But there are historians who've disputed that any of these events ever took place. But what you sent me was 18 pages of items predicting the end of the world with about 10 on each page. And so we don't have enough time today to go through all of them. It's not necessary, but how did you find this? Uh, I was doing a, a research on the birth pangs that talk about the end of the world, uh, Jesus' remarks, and especially in Matthew, uh, that uh, there's these earthquakes, famines, war, war, nation against nation, brother against brother, were just merely the birth pangs uh, of the coming of, of, of the Lord or coming of the end of times. And this popped up under the radar, and uh, you got 18 pages there, but I, I got to tell you, it's not exhaustive. I've going through these pages, I found some more that that were not written. They're not in this list that could be added, and uh, it's, it just just astounded me to see all the predictions of the end of the world. 
And, and the reasons, like in 1033, that's 33 years after the millennium began, various Christians said that there was going to be the end of the world occurring a thousand years after Jesus' death instead of the birth. And they were assuming he died in 33 AD. So that would be 1033. And that didn't happen either. Why are all of these things from a theological point of view ridiculous? From a theological point of view, because of what Jesus himself predicted from from the word, as he, he uh, said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning the day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, nor the Father. So here, here you got people. No, no, the Father the, knows. Only the Father knows. Right. You said nor the Father. Right. Oops. Mis, misquote. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. Um so Jesus didn't know. Now, he's God. How can he not know? I thought he was omniscient. Well, from the, the confessions and Lutheran confessions and uh, various commentators, they would say that he chose according to his, his uh, human nature uh, to, to not uh, to, to not to know the end, even though he was God. As we know, he has the state of humiliation, the state of, uh, and, and the two natures, the human and the divine. And uh, according to his human nature, he chose not to know the time of the end of the world. So what he is saying, and we know this is true, that Jesus was not omniscient in his human nature at all times. He could be if he wanted. But remember when he went to the temple, he was asking questions. And the folks in the temple were really amazed at 12 years old, the questions he was asking. And that's because he was learning about his mission from the Old Testament, the fact that he would die by being pierced in hands and feet, being whipped, etc., And so that shows that Jesus was on a learning curve and some of it may have come from the Father, but a lot of it he keeps quoting the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a question on this millennium. Why, you know, as you pointed out, that some talked about a thousand years, why did, does that pop up so often in these things that they're looking at a millennium? Because that is a special year. It's the beginning of a new era. Uh, the only problem is that the millennium wouldn't be a thousand years after Jesus had been born because we now know he was born before the years began in maybe 4 BC. So it's off by about four years. The calendar that was made, uh, unfortunately, was in error. And so even a thousand years wouldn't it be correct or a thousand thirty-three. But 
Didn't we hear things like that for the year 2000? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, the end of the world was coming at the year two, 2000. There was uh, the Mayan predictions in the Mayan culture from South America and Central America that uh, the world was coming to an end. And, uh, of course, as we know, we're still here. Yes, and and so we're talking about a lot of these predictions really came about not just by Christians, but by unbelievers uh, because of the end of the world. The one I found interesting was in 1982, Pat Robertson in his 700 Club TV program predicted that the end of the world would come in 1982. And so that's how much you need to listen to Pat Robertson because that didn't occur either. Yeah, there was quite a bit of fallout when when he made that prediction that uh and it didn't happen and uh everybody was still around at that time. Well, another one was Jerry Falwell on January 1st, 2000. He predicted God making judgment on the world on this day. And of course, that didn't occur either. So, what do you th- Yeah, well, what what do you think that uh they're they're coming up with all these predictions that that, that leads them to believe that because it really looks like the world is falling apart. And the Bible makes it very clear, you're not only going to have rumors of war, you're going to have war. You're not only going to have the poor, the poor will always be with you. Uh, You'll also have earthquakes, etc. So all the signs for the end of the world could already be here. And so they're taking a look at that. Then they're taking a look at what year it is. Uh, 2000 sounds pretty good. And so that's what they uh, say. And some of them are really ridiculous. Uh, Nancy Leader, uh, (laughs) she predicted that it would occur on May the 27th, 2003. And how did she do that? She claimed aliens in the Zeta Reticuli star system told her a planet would enter the solar system and cause a pole shift on Earth that would destroy most of humanity. That's what she... So aliens are helping these people, too. Yeah, it's just... uh, I I laugh when I look at at, at various uh, predictions of, of, of such a nature. But I think you... From a Christian perspective, I I agree with you that uh, they look around them and they see all these these devastations going on, and and Jesus is saying just around the corner is this coming. Did you know that uh, that even um, the spring, uh, St. Louis Seminary, some of the professors back in the early fifties made that prediction? No, who was was that Ray Winkle? Ray Winkle and a, and a few few others. That he he wrote a lot about the flood. Flood. And 
they predicted that that by the 1960s we'd see the end of the world. Really? Yeah. It, so even some changed. Lutherans. But they were looking at World War Two, World War One, World War Two, yeah. the Holocaust, nuclear war, uh, the A bombs had been done, and then they were going into Korea in the early fifties. So they were looking at the desolation that was going on at that time. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, some people like Harold Camping had predicted that on May 21st, there would be a end of the world, but then nothing happened. So he said a spiritual judgment took place and that both the physical rapture and the end of the world would occur on the 21st of October, 2011. And we're over 10 years past that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you passed over a lot of them that we haven't even discussed. That they, no, I know. Gone by you. Yeah, and, I wanted to and, see the most recent. Yes. And... Uh, and I think what's what's important is, thank God, at least from our perspective, thank God it didn't happen before we got were were born and lived. Yes. Um, actually, aren't we a little sad the end of the world hasn't come? You know, it's kind of yes and kind of no. It's yes because. Mm -hmm. We're sad because we'd be in heaven away from all these problems. What's the no right. Well, we know that I'm not happy that it's the end. I'm still here. And probably the better way to put it is uh, Paul and Philippians. To live as Christ and to die is gain. On the, on the one hand, we're still here. But why did and, he say uh, he'd be willing to continue to live? For Christ. Yes, it, which means what? Well, the ability to witness and yes. speak about, about well the gospel. Exactly. That we're sad the end of the world hasn't come, but we're happy that we still have time to share the good message of Jesus Christ with those who are unaware of it. I always looked at it as that the end of the world it's not going to come until the very, very last person is going to ever come to faith that Jesus, that God the Father knows that uh, that one person that's coming back into faith and that's all that time is, could we, could we trigger the end of the world by bringing somebody to Christ? Well... What you're quoting is a Bible verse that all the elect will be saved. And so, therefore, that's behind what you just said. The end of the world won't come until the elect are brought to Christ. The problem is we have no idea how many more people will be saved. So that doesn't help us either in predicting what day the end of the world is going to come. That's that. That to me is also wonderful news. That there are many others out there that need to need to hear and will come to faith. And and 
why and, and it answers why we are still here is to get that good news out whether it's family or friends or neighbors or people across the sea wherever we might be yes james usher if you'll recall was an individual who kind of calculated how many years the earth has been around in fact in some king james versions it even tells the years and um He's a 17th century Irish archbishop and predicted on October the 23rd, 1997, that the end of the world would come because that is exactly 6,000 years since the creation of the world. That's what he said. Now, what Bible verse would you use to show that he was absolutely wrong? Bible verse to show that six it wasn't 6,000? No, to show that all of these people who predict a specific date are wrong. Well, I would go to uh, Mark uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 32. But concerning the day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus himself says, we don't know the time. And he also says something about how the end of the world is going to come. He compares it to what? Like a thief in the night. That is the main verse I use all the time. Because you don't know when a thief in the night is coming. So therefore, I've always said, anytime somebody gives a specific date, you can be about absolutely sure that that is not the day that he's coming back. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's a good illustration of, of how you know that he's not coming. But uh, it also goes on to say that we should be on a watch for we don't know the time when they will come. He could come before the end of this broadcast. Yeah. Well, it, it also follows, we don't know the day or the hour that we may pass, you know, we, in other words, that we may die, that uh, we should be on the watch too, uh, keeping ourselves in the faith. One denomination that I had remembered talked about the end of the world in 1975, Jehovah's Witnesses. They published articles and stated that the fall of 1975 would be 6,000 years since man's creation and suggested that Armageddon would be finished by then. And I remember Jehovah Witnesses selling their houses and their possessions. And I never could figure that out because if the end of the world was coming and who cares about the house you have and such, it's going to all be destroyed and a new heaven and a new earth. But they have done this a number of times indicating when the end of the world is going to come. And what is so amazing to me is that people still stick with the Jehovah Witnesses, even though it's so clear that they're false teachers.
Right. Uh, this article also shows that back in 1941 that they had predicted the end. And I believe it's not in this listing, but I, I believe that uh, in the 20s, 1920s, they, they had made several predictions back then already about this. So it's, well, a, it's, well, a, re it's a reoccurring thing with them. In 1284, Pope Innocent III, he died in 1216, predicted that the world would end 666 years after the rise of Islam in 618. So that was real close to the time that he died. Why the 666? Well, the 666 is from Revelation is the mark of the beast, is it not? Yep. And so people think that therefore, well, 666 years from a great event, and it's not the birth or death of Jesus, it's the rise of the Islamic faith. And that's what he had predicted. Um, yeah, when we look at the at 666, the mark of the beast is one that, that's an unbeliever. Okay, I didn't understand that. Well, in Lewis Brighton's commentary on Revelation, he, he uh, points out that the mark of the beast is 666, right. which is the mark of uh, unbelief in, in an individual. More than anything, to have the mark of the beast. Is, oh, okay. All is, right. I understand. Have the mark of unbelief. And uh, the mark of the Christian is we do it at, at baptism. Receive the sign of the cross, both upon the forehead and upon the heart, to mark you as one who's been redeemed by Christ the crucified. So the mark of the cross is important. Right. Right, it marks you as one who's been redeemed by Christ the crucified. I hate to end the program on this note, but in going through all these, the one that really surprised me was an individual in 1600 who predicted mm -hmm. the end of the world would occur no later than 1600. You know who I'm talking about? Because he died in... Yeah. Yeah, he's got down Luther. I, I'm still trying to hold, uh, knock down that quote. Did, did you ever find it? No, no, I hadn't looked at all for it. But that Martin Luther been, said that the end of the world would occur no later than 1600. And, of course, they were in wars and this sort of thing, and all the signs of the end were there also. But that's something that people need to understand. When Jesus gave the signs, they already were evident at the time he gave them. You know, the uh, when did the sun become darkened? At his crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And all these signs already. So the signs are not there to tell us when the end of the world is coming. The signs are instead there to keep us aware that the end of the world could come at any moment because all the signs are fulfilled. And it is for us to be ready in our Lord Jesus Christ and believe in those promises that we are saved 
by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sunday's sermon is going to be, you know, all about how are you ready for the judgment day. I don't want to talk about it now, but it's going to be something we can talk about next week, depending on what you're able to find. But this is really very good, uh, all these sheets. If um, anybody is interested in receiving a copy, email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com and we'll send you a copy through the email. I'm Tom Baker and with Wes Reimnitz, thank you very much for being with us. Monday, we'll take a look at a Bible lesson from a law gospel perspective. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.